everybody. Today's daily devotional, Seven Ways to Practice Peace by Joyce Meyer. Living in God's peace is vital to enjoying life. I believe that one of the keys to having, to living with peace in your life is taking small steps toward peace every day. Here's a few tips you can use to develop a more peaceful lifestyle. One, be selective with how you spend your time. You may be trying to do too many things and end up doing none of them well. Hurrying is the flesh trying to do more than the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. Be led by the Spirit. Number two, be prepared to say no nicely. Sometimes we take on things we shouldn't because we're we're uncomfortable saying no. Ask God to give you the words to say no when you need to. Number three, resist the spirit of procrastination. God's word tells us to exercise self-discipline. Do you know what you need to do now so you can fully enjoy your times of rest? Number four, eliminate key distractions. If you know you are prone to certain distractions, such as watching TV, set some guidelines for yourself. Number five, set appropriate boundaries for interruptions. Life is full of interruptions, but you can learn to set boundaries that help you manage them in healthy ways, such as scheduling times when you are off limits. Schedule time to give yourself a break. Number six, modify your life. Ask God to show you out-of-the-box ways to save time and trouble. For instance, when I don't have time to do the dishes, I use paper plates. Me too. Number seven, pray and listen. If you <laughs> Styrofoam, actually, but same thing. Pray and listen, number seven. If you can see that your plan is not producing peace, go back to God. Pray for peace in the now and for the wisdom to make changes that will benefit your life. The bottom line is to make peace a priority. Take practical steps towards it and let God lead you every day into his perfect peace that passes all understanding. The prayer start is, God, lead me into your peace that passes all understanding. Show me the daily steps I can take to walk in your peace for me. The scripture, Philippians 4, 7, and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow, I like this. And let me tell you that people, secular, the world, okay, writes about this very thing. And it's not a new concept, but the way she introduces is completely different. Right, you're allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you in your work, guide you in your day. You know, if you don't know who the Holy Spirit is, and I, and I tell you, this took me 35 years to learn who He is. It is the Spirit of Jesus Christ, literally. Like, <laughs> um, there's a book that I'm I have by Billy Graham that I, I haven't read yet. Um, you know, it's about the Holy Spirit, and I, I kind of glanced through it, and, and he talks about the Holy Spirit being a person, and, you know, he's our comforter. Like, there's all these things that we heard about in church who the Holy Spirit is, but, like, bottom line up front, the bluff, is it's the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Like, can you just say, wow? <laughs> like... Jesus Christ gives you the spirit and he's like, here you go. Here it is. It, <laughs> this is another free gift that I 
offer you, here is my spirit, you know, isn't that something you would want to have? Like, isn't that something you would desire to have? Like, if you could trade all the things in this world to have the mind of Christ, to be like Christ, like, what would you not trade to have his spirit? You know, like, (laughs) I'm just, I'm baffled. It took me so long to realize who this was, you know, and when it hit me, and I tell you when it hit me, like, I cried a little bit, (laughs) I'll just be honest with you, you know, growing up in church, they don't tell you these small things, like, going to school, they don't tell you how to write checks, sometimes in church, um, I think information doesn't get passed along the way it should, or maybe it is, and we're just not grasping onto it. You know, the older generation has this thing where, you know, they're talking their language. They're communicating how they know how to communicate. And as you know, generationally, things change. There's a psychology study um, that it talks about how the generations are broken down that, you know, Let's say the the early 1900s generation, uh, I forget what they're called, but they were harder generation. They were much harder people, you know, and same uh, love, like love, for example, this study I think was on love. You know, the older generation, they would say, I love you by giving you things, you know, like, why do I need to say I love you when you have a house over your head, you know, and, and you move on towards uh the now are generations where love is all inclusive you know love is i love you because you painted a picture of of a fart like <laughs> you know there's just love spread throughout everywhere and I, I think that's great but i think there's needs to be a healthy mix of love so it's not confused of what love actually is. You know, love doesn't mean who I don't know if I want to go down this road. Um I, I really want to be careful and respectful because I don't want to impart my ideas. Like I really want to be faithful and true to what God's word says. But there's some things in the Bible that people exclude, that people omit that people fail to look at, especially when it comes to love. That's really all I feel. I want to go down this path right now. But in speaking of generational terms, you have this older generation that, let's just say love, for example, they didn't say love the way their kids needed to hear it. Like some of their kids maybe needed to hear, I love you at least once in their life from their parents, right? You know, in the next generation, uh, they may say, I love you, I don't know, once or twice, and then it goes on. So every generation, the kids are like expressing what they need from their parents, so they pass it on to their kids. Like, well, I don't want to be like my dad, so this is what I'm going to be. You know, and it just kind of moves forward and forward from that. And it's gotten to a point where we don't grow up with parents. Like, we let the internet and the things 
the pads and the tablets and the movies and the shows control and run our kids' lives, that who knows what's being fed into their minds. Like, honestly, the TVs are raising our kids. The pads are raising our kids. Um, They're not playing outside like they used to. Like They're not running and scraping their knees and doing all these things. And it's a question like, what are they going to pass on to their kids? Are they going to pass on what they learned from their broadcasts, from their electronics, from their devices? Are they going to pass on, it's okay to allow your kids to be live like this? You know, is is this what they're going to do? Or are they going to be acceptable? Like, it's okay that my kids in the future are allowed to live like this. You know, my parents let me live by electronics when I was a kid. Is it okay now that my kids are run the same way? And they'd be like, well, yeah, I came out fine. So sure, you know, they're going to impose this on their kids and it's, it's going to be all right. So maybe like the new generation is raised on electronics, you know, not outdoors like it should be. In my opinion, I had a great childhood growing up. Uh, it wasn't the best. Like I didn't have a lot of stuff. I didn't need a lot of stuff. You know, I just, I had my imagination. <laughs> I had uh, friends, I had cousins. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I, I thought it was really great. You know, and the electronics, the luxuries that we had for electronics weren't spent all day. Like, we had a time limit. You know, we legit had a certain number of hours that we could watch what we wanted to watch. You know, that was usually Saturday mornings. Saturday mornings was free-for-all. Don't wake up mom and dad, make your own breakfast, and (laughs) turn the TV on, don't make it so loud. All right? It was a free-for-all. Saturdays and then Sundays was family time and Monday through Friday was spent playing outside, doing your homework, going to eat dinner, taking a bath. You know, it just wasn't about all these electronics and all these gadgets and things. So my point (laughs) going back to it was uh, talking about the language, you know, uh, maybe that our older generations don't tell our younger generations exactly what they need to hear in order for them to understand it. You know, and uh, I'm not sure I want to share this, but I'm a Sunday school teacher and for teenagers. And one of my teens said the sermon last week that pastor talked about, I had no idea what he was talking about. He was like, it didn't relate to me. I didn't feel the need for it. I didn't understand it. And it kind of wasted my time. And I was like, whoa, what was it about? And he was like, it talked about this person that died and that they went to go meet God. And I just don't believe in the spiritual stuff. I was like, whoa, <laughs> hold on a minute. Okay, let's let's break this down. And he's like, what did you not understand? He's like, I just didn't get the whole thing. I was like, well, what was it the sermon about? He's like, well, about meeting God. I was like, well, specifically, it was about your appointment. And I was like, so your appointment with God isn't just talking about everyone else. It's talking about you. One day, you're going to stand before God and give an account for your life. 
And God's going to say, well done, that good and faithful servant, or depart from me from where I never knew you. And I held up both hands, and I was like, I'm not going to say the kid's name, but I'm like, what choice do you want? I was like, when your appointment with God comes, what do you want God to say to you? And I held up both hands. I was like, do you want to take the red pill or the blue pill? <laughs> I was like, honestly, what path do you want to go down? I was like, you know what it means when he says, depart from me for I never knew you. He's like, yeah, you'd go to hell. I was like, do you want to go to hell? He's like, no. Does anybody want to go to hell? I was like, do you want to go to hell? He's like, no, I don't want to go to hell. I was like, okay. So the whole purpose of the sermon was one day you are going to have an appointment and you're going to stand before God. And if you don't clean out the junk in your life right now, then what are you going to do when you stand before God? He's like, I just don't get the, the spiritual stuff. I'm like, your body hits the ground, you're in the back of an ambulance, you die, somebody kills you, or you're just dead from natural causes, your body stays here on this earth. And your spirit, the spiritual stuff, your spirit, your soul is transported into heaven and you stand before God. That's your appointment. That's literally what the whole sermon was about. He's like, really? <laughs> oh, I get it. It's like, yeah. So maybe we take the time as, as older people, as mentors to break down this stuff for these kids because they just don't understand it. And here I am as, I don't know if I'm considered a young adult still, but a young Mid adults, <laughs> a preteen adult, <laughs> a pre adult. <laughs> I think adults is like sixty, all right, maybe maybe seventy. That's what I think of as adults. So I'm like, I'm not there yet. I'm, yeah, I'm. You know what? I am a young adult. <laughs> I'll be a young adult still. Huh. Yeah, but here I am at my age and just finally discovering. The Holy Spirit is Jesus' spirit. And you're like, duh, you dummy. <laughs> Weren't you listening in Sunday school? Well, yeah, of course, but how was it articulated? You know, was it rushed through? Was it taken through deliberately? Like, was it, who does not understand? Raise your hands who the Holy Spirit is. You know, was it taken down Barney style? that I probably needed. Maybe not. You know, was I listening? Did the teacher have my attention? Did whoever was speaking about it have my attention? I don't know. You know, and I'm guilty myself. Have I been seeking out the Holy Spirit? Of course. But I had just this misconception of who he was. I thought, you know, you ask for the Holy Spirit and then you speak in tongues. And that's it. And then he lives with you. Like, that was my legit understanding. It's like, you raise your hands, uh, you read the book of Acts, you pray and request for this anointing, and the Holy Spirit comes inside you and gives you this new language. You speak in tongues, and you're like, okay, cool, got all that. But then what else? Like, what happens after that? So much. <laughs> it's like, 
you have the spirit of Christ within you to talk to, to lead you, to guide you, to nudge you, to communicate with, uh, to ask questions like, I don't know, why did why do bad things happen in this world? You know? And I'm just saying, like, you're not having this imaginary conversation with yourself. You have the Spirit of Christ within you that maybe nudges you towards the Bible, maybe nudges you to turn on the TV, maybe nudges you to open a book, maybe nudges you when you're doing the research and you hear a ping or something whenever you get to a website that kind of breaks it down the way you need to hear it or the way that will express to you so you understand. I think that's how the Holy Spirit works. I don't know personally how he works for each and one, every one of you. And for me, I feel like it's kind of not my place to share how he works in me. Maybe it is. I don't feel like I want to share because I feel like it's kind of private and I don't want to expose any of his workings in my life specifically to the enemy, if that makes sense. I don't want like this false impression or this false sense of the Holy Spirit because the enemy can, I like the word transcend, the enemy can easily transcend into or transform into these things and manipulate you like that's the whole point of spiritual warfare not the whole point but that's a point of spiritual warfare the enemy can disguise himself as these things you know and my point this Wednesday is to talk about spiritual warfare and I'm getting off on a tangent <laughs> but in from a military pr- perspective like, what is the strategic level of spiritual warfare? Like, what does that mean? And let's go back. Let's, what is the operational level of strategic warfare? What is the strategic? What is the tactical level? Like, what is, how do these three levels relate to Christianity? You know, and I'll say spiritual level relates to God. I'm sorry, the operational level relates to God. Because God's in control of everything. Sees everything. Is the eyes, the ears, the end all be all. Right? The, I need to write that down. That was pretty good. <laughs> the strategic level is the churches. Developing these battle plans. Developing these things for the enemy. For us to fight against them. Right? You know, We're getting our, our daily bread. Um, perhaps through the church. Or... We're giving our, our, our bread once a week on Sundays or twice a week on Wednesday and Sundays. You know, we're getting these battle plans from our ministers on how to fight the enemy. And then you break it down to the tactical level, the individual. And I guess that would be more of the, the devotionals, the daily things that you do. The prayer, the intercession, like all these things that you can do on your own that enables the battle plan, which enables the, you know, the overall strategic mission, which enables the overall operational mission, which wins the war. You, obviously, God can win the war without us, 
But then what's the point? You know, like, why did God create us to win a war that he's already won if he didn't need us? You know, we eliminate ourselves. <laughs> you can rewind that if you want. But there's no point of us being here if he's not meant to use us. You know, and our whole purpose was not to go to hell. Like, our us living today was not to go to hell. Like, that was not God's intent. But so many, whatever years ago, I don't know the exact date. Can't tell you a place and time. Uh, but before creation, or I'm not even sure specifically when, I know I, I'm certain that it happened before Adam and Eve, you know, and I can't say before, like, creation, creation, God created the heavens and the earth, creation. Um, but there was this battle in heaven, and a third of the angels fell. And now I think about it, I, I'm pretty sure it was before creation. And, you know, this battle took place and Satan, Lucifer, was one of God's most esteemed people in heaven. Uh, like, this guy was a beautiful praise and worship leader, from what I understand was um, there's a hierarchy of uh, heavenly things and I'm trying to just piece it together right now but uh, what was he called uh, the type of angel that he was called someone help me out <laughs> it's in my notes uh, you know what let me just get my notes I think I got my notebook here nearby. This is good. This is... I like this. Hold on. That's the old man bending over to get his notebook. My kids had a little play date last night and I rented them Secret Life of Pets 2 at Redbox and uh, I don't always use Redbox like I like to try to get the free movies on Vudu and whatnot. but every now and then they'll, they'll have like these really good deals and I'll get these promo codes and Secret Life of Pets part 2 ended up being like 55 cents I was like uh, yes, please. <laughs> Keeps my kids uh, entertained while we're having this guest at our house because I know they like these things. Um, it allows us to keep an eye over all of them so they can play safely and whatnot and just kind of be around the living room because I know, like, we have not a big, big, big house, but, you know, there's just a lot of areas they can explore. And I'm like... Let me just keep them right here so we can keep an eye on all of them at one time. Yeah, and of course, like, they wanted to go into each other's rooms. They wanted to go play outside, and they did. And, you know, I'm like, hey, let's throw this movie on. <laughs> and not so the movie could raise my kids. <laughs> all right. But because 
Like, I wanted them to be in the room with us uh, during this thing. Uh, I just thought that was funny. But, anyways, they're racked out right now. Uh, I think this movie, like, put itself on repeat because it's it's been playing quite a while. Anyways, um... Let's, maybe I didn't write it down. Cherubub is what's coming to me right now. Looking at some of my notes, and I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I did write it down. Yeah, bear with me real quick. Cherub. Bub. Alright, the fall of Satan. Let's see. Yeah, okay, let's for the anointed cherub. Okay, was created to be immensely superior to all the other angels and held a type of leadership, dominion, and strength over all the other angels. Basically, he wanted to be, uh, there was five whys, I, I remember, I, I can't really piece them out right now, but why he wanted to do what he wanted to do, he wanted to overtake God, he wanted to be more powerful than him, kind of like <laughs> the uh, uh, Jafar, you know, in Aladdin, you know, just wanted to be this most high thing, and like I can imagine that God was pretty upset when this thing happened and he fell away and you know he God cast him out into heaven and it says man the scripture says uh you know when he cast him out that basically warning us like you know Satan's come down with a vengeance for us you know because he hates us we're the remnant of God's seed you know, when Jesus came down and, you know, forgave us and did all these things for us, like, he's trying to destroy each and every one of us after the cross because we have Christ within us. Like, we're seeking and pursuing Christ and the devil's after us because he hates God. He hates Christ. He hates anything to do with Jesus, God, you know, because... He wanted to overthrow him. He wanted to be like him. He wanted to be him, but even more powerful. Right? So, God casts him down. And, you know, he's at war with us right now. And I don't know how well that's explained or articulated, I think, in church. Because to me, it's fascinating. Like, not the idea of Satan coming after me or anything like uh, the warfare aspect fascinates me because I love tactics I love techniques I love procedures I love all things warfare like to me I think I was created specifically for some sort of power warfare some sort of thing uh, that causes or creates or discusses or 
partakes of or is in some sort of warfare. And I kind of like that. Like, to me, it feels pretty awesome. So, discussing this spiritual warfare aspect is a really big, big thing. <laughs> like, I'm really trying to, to focus on the military portion of it to relate to Christianity because I think you can't be in a war and not understand, like, your enemy. You can't be in a war and not understand what war is. Like, do people even know what war is? Honestly. If I came up to you and be like, hey, what's war? They're like, oh, when the good guys fight against the bad guys. And it's like, no, there's a lot to it. (laughs) You're trying to overwhelmingly oppose the enemy for a reason. I just think it's really fascinating. And I won't go any more on war. Uh, I was telling somebody that I'm trying to... I was, I was, I'm going to keep these to five minutes. And I don't know if it's going to be this daily devotional at five minutes or my daily devotional at five minutes. But I am trying to cut down some time. You know, today's Saturday. Everybody's asleep so in my house right now. So, like, I got a little bit of free will on this thing. Um... But going back, let me just gather my thoughts here. I was talking about, went, went down a lot of different threads. But communication, we're, we're talking about the Holy Spirit, you know, and it not being communicated, I think, effectively. And that the reason why we have it is to help guide us and lead us through these things. And, and I talked about personally what I thought and I don't want yeah that's what I was talking about I don't want to open up any doors to what the enemy could do if you know if I shared just how I feel the Holy Spirit works in me and then I think that's when we went down the whole spiritual warfare piece but the Bible like this portion of the Bible warfare the history It is so fascinating. Like, let me tell you, like, it's an exciting time to be a Christian because there is so much warfare in the world right now that you can't gobble it up enough. Like, there is so many areas that you can attack, defend, retaliate against through prayer, through uh, not carnal weapons, but through spiritual weapons. You know, these areas that... I'd say it's an un or a, an endless tasking that you can take on. Like you can honestly every day be so driven and so fulfilled by the things that you are able to do, not just in this world, but in the spiritual world. Like that's why spiritual warfare is so fascinating, and that's why, like, being enabled by the Holy Spirit to have these gifts, to have the Spirit of Christ be the seed of God, or the remnant. Of, of God, of Christ, you know, and being here on earth, I, man, like, how exciting, what a, what an exciting time to, to be alive, you know, and if any one of you are called to ministry, let me just say that there are so many people that don't know so much of this stuff, like, their identity is so lost, 
their knowledge base is doesn't exist and it takes a special kind of person i think to break it down to them to relate it to them to give them the tools that they need to empower them to enable them so they can what i was writing about last night exploit the initiative right uh, we were talking about um oh what's it called my brain's getting fuzzy. It's, it may be time for me to, to stop talking. But we were talking about Mission Command. And Mission Command, uh, if if you look at uh, warfare, if you look at uh, what the Army strategy is, it, it breaks it down to an aspect of how it used to be command and control, like how we used to enable commanders to do these things, you know, and... Uh, Mission Command does so much of that and more, like in a much better way. You know, Mission Command enables us through shared communication to exploit the initiative and to have a what is it have a position of relative advantage. And like having a position of relative advantage, I think in warfare, in spiritual warfare specifically, is so cool <laughs> like you're uh already armed and ready for battle and you have this position of relative advantage against the enemy already going into warfare i i just think that's so fascinating and i, I really hope to to touch on and break down uh military warfare so that people can understand how to fight what war is where we've come from like how we got where we are and how to fight and overcome and then relate that to the spiritual aspect because it's like how on earth can you fight how on earth can you seize how can you retain how can you maintain all these things <laughs> uh without knowing what they are like how on earth are you going to fight the devil with one tool in your tool belt the devil's going to learn you and adapt to you and then overcome you. I'm just saying, like, you, you can't be, I feel, one-dimensional in this thing. Like, you have to be multifaceted, multidimensional, multi-abilified, all right? I don't even know if that's a word, but your abilities need to far exceed your enemy's abilities, your capabilities need to far exceed your enemy's capabilities, and it's only given to you from your father, from Christ. Man, I'm excited about Wednesday. Like, oh, I just, I, I really want to post the portion of part two that I've written already. And let me tell you, uh, I do not intend to hold back on Wednesday. Uh, there are so many things that I want to talk about. That I don't know if I'm going to get through in 90 minutes, just to be honest with you. Like, this whole 90-minute tasking scared me, to be honest with you, the first time. Like, how on earth am I going to get through 90 minutes? I read my first portion, my first draft of Spiritual Warfare Part 1 in 15 minutes when I first started. And I was like, I said everything I wanted to say. What? <laughs> it's 15 minutes. You know, and then... Through the leading of the Holy Spirit, 
through, I feel, inspiration pointed out so many things that I needed to cover. And this idea of, like, you know, the five-paragraph op order, I'm on part A of number one still. Like, I am still on enemy identification. No kidding. Today's Saturday. I'm still on enemy identification. I've paused that PowerPoint, and I am on notebooks and books and uh, my phone, and I'm on so many different things just trying to break down so I can successfully spell out what warfare is. You know, and I think once I'm done with that, like, I can go back and better write, like, the identification portion. I can better articulate what the mission is, what the execution is, what the command signal is, what the service support looks like, like, all these things. Like, I think I can <clears throat> break down just a little bit better. So, wow, did we even talk about this devotional <laughs> at all what time is it ah i'm at 37 minutes okay like legit i don't get to talk all the time so i'm kind of happy that i have this uh opportunity to speak to you all but let's i'm going to I got three minutes. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to do this in three minutes. So living God's peace, vital and joy in life. Do it. Living God's peace. So number one, be selective how you spend your time. Don't be a time bandit. <laughs> uh, like legit, you know, just be selective with how you spend your time. Make an itinerary. If you have to get cozy, C-O-Z-I on the app store and break down your calendar. Uh, hurrying and hurrying is the flesh trying to do more than the Holy Spirit is leading you to do. Be led by the Spirit. Absolutely. Be prepared to say no nicely. Uh, let me just say, be prepared to say no not so nicely. All right? Like... Oh, passivity. Oh. No. Like, hey, can you help me out with this? No. Okay. <laughs> you know? Uh, no, I'm sorry, I can't. And that's it. You don't have to go into reasons why to coddle them. No. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm different. But yeah. I definitely ask God to give you the words you need to say to say no when you need when you need to. Like, hey, can you help us out this Saturday? Nope, sorry, I can't. Well why not? So just said I I can't. <laughs> I cannot. That is the reason why I cannot. I can't. What do you have going on? You know, the first thing would be none you, <laughs> none your business. Um, it's like I can't. I'm sorry. I, I I'm not gonna explain to you why I can't. It's not that I'm not willing to. It's just 
I cannot. Is that all right? Do you accept that? Is that reasonable for you to understand that I cannot help you out Saturday? Yeah. Okay, cool. What about next Saturday? I think I'm free then. Sure. Reasonable. Handle reasonable people. Like, If you have unreasonable people in your life, like, bye, Felicia. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, if these friends, quote-unquote, are just unreasonable, unmanageable, why are they your friends? You know, they they need to be demoted to acquaintances. I'm just saying. Uh, I'll, I'll shut up on that. <laughs> Is this the spirit of procrastination? Uh, self-discipline, initiative. Hmm, where did we talk about that? Exploit the initiative. <laughs> you need to maintain a position of relative advantage. To be relative, to have an advantage... You need to exploit the initiative. What that means is if there's areas in your life that you are procrastinating in, clean your house. Uh, The initiative is to clean, right? To exploit that is you cease and desist everything else you're doing and you just walk up to the sink and you turn on the water and you start doing the dishes. That's how you exploit the initiative. Because you need clean dishes to prepare a meal. Maybe you're having guests over. Like, you just see the opportunity. You exploit it, right? You take care of it. You knock it out. And then you gain a lot. Like, you gain good things from it. You need to clean up your house. Oh, where do I start? And your mind just lists through all these different taskings that you got to do i'm just saying pick up a trash bag if you see trash on the floor put it in the trash bag if there's toys uh put them in a trash bag uh there's a thing called a saturday box that my best friend used to do and if there's toys on the floor and you gave them a warning and they're still on the floor pick them up you'll get them back on saturday and if I see them out again before Saturday, they're going to be donated. Maybe that's harsh. I don't know. But give warnings to your kids. Don't just like do things maliciously. You know, the way God handles us, he gives us warnings. Give them a warning before you uh, handle business. But uh, procrastination, exploit the initiative for sure. Walk around your house with some smell good. Just spray it around your house. And then you're like, all right, now the house smells good. What next? Pick up all the trash. All right, trash is all picked up. What next? Do the dishes. Dishes good. What's next? Clean out the fridge. Fridge cleaned out. What's next? Organize your closets or your shelves or your cabinets or your pantries. I'm like, all right, cool. That's all done. What next? And then you'll see like your clutter, your messes and all. Uh... I keep saying all these things today. <laughs> all these things, all right, <laughs> are are starting to become organized. Your house is starting to look a little bit better. And then you can pick a room. So one of the things that we used to do was instead of cleaning the whole house, one day we would pick a room and be like, today, Saturday, we are only going to do this room. We are only going to do this closet. And let me tell you, a closet 
with a woman. If you're not married, if you're just a single male, if you get married, let me just warn you, a closet with a woman is insane. All right? I'm talking about shoes. I'm talking about papers. I'm talking about receipts. I'm talking about gadgets, gizmos, electronics, thumb drives from uh, 19 whatever. I'm talking about old necklaces, jewelry, uh, Halloween stuff. I'm talking about things for Easter, uh, crosses, uh, figurines, portraits, paintings. Can I go on? Scarves, uh, jackets, clothes that you've never in your life seen them wear. Not once. Hey, do you like this shirt? I've never seen it in my life. What are you talking about? I bought it last week. Okay. There are things in your closet I've never seen you wore. Well, I don't wear it because of X, Y, and Z. I'm not going to go over there. All right. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, but I'm telling you, like, you'll see things that you never knew existed in a closet. <laughs> like, hey, do we have... Uh, a figurine from 1932. I'll check the closet and the, sure enough, like there it is. <laughs> like, hey, do we have a Pez dispenser <laughs> from wherever? Sure enough, check the closet. There it is. You know, there's a man, I'm getting so in trouble. Like, please don't tell my wife. <laughs> Go clean out your closet. And, and if yours is like mine, ours is organized. Let me just say that. Uh, but if it's like ours, maybe it needs a lot of TLC. Um, pick out your room. Just spend the whole day doing just your room. Throw on a, a TV show, a movie, uh, some music. Open the windows, turn the fan on, get the the house nice and cold. You know, uh, so you can warm up by doing activity. Throw a sweater on, like, and just... Get rid of stuff you don't need. Start clearing out clutter. Fold your clothes. Uh, and just do all the, all the stuff that you've been wanting to do. But do it room by room if you have to. You know, and by the time you get to the big room or the, the messy room or you know, the family room, which I call it, you know, our big disaster area, uh, we have organized it's it's all in tubs and bins and i brought milk crates home from work and it's it's here i'm looking at it right now it's all here but it all needs homes and a lot of stuff needs to be rehomed and just out of my house for sure but by the time you get to like your big problem area you already have these skills you've already accepted the things that you're willing to toss out like you already know what trash looks like and I'm not telling you just how to relearn how to clean your house, but you can teach yourself new things by cleaning your house. Uh, so when you get to this this area, you've already accepted or you come to grips that, like, I don't need my old high school stuff. I can donate it. I can toss it. Like, I can put it into deep storage. You know, I can take it down to my mom's house or put it in the backyard in our shed or whatever. You know, you come to grips with this. Man, this is getting so long. Like, I feel like I'm just... Where am I at? 
47 minutes. Cool. <laughs> Cleaning your house. Resist the spirit of procrastination. Two or three. Four more. Eliminate key distractions. If you know you're prone to do certain distract or prone to certain distractions, uh, set some guidelines for yourself. Absolutely. Uh, guidelines are so important. Appropriate boundaries for interruptions. Life's full of interruptions, but you can learn to set boundaries that help you manage them in healthy ways, such as scheduling times when you are off limits. Again, like I think I was talking about earlier, a lot of smart people that have already put some of the stuff together where, let's say, for example, you don't check email before a certain time of the day. You don't check Facebook before a certain time of the day. Like, you wake up, you brush your teeth, uh, whatever it is you got to do, you know, then you pray, then you read the Bible, you, you whatever it is in whatever order that you got to do that makes yourself off limits, do that before you start tackling the world, start tackling other people's problems. It's like you open your phone, you're going to get a text message. Somebody that needs you, you're going to get a phone call from somebody that needs something from you. You're going to get whatever from somebody and your mind is just going to get into these things before you've taken on your responsibilities for the day. So the off limits times, like people are calling you, can't talk right now, you know, send it to voicemail. If it's important, they will text you. If it's important, they'll leave you a, a voicemail. But some people just want to talk and they are for like legit real life time bandits and they will just talk your ear off about the time they had in Walmart. Nothing beneficial is being passed on to you at all. And I hope I'm not wasting your time. I hope I'm passing on some beneficial things to you. But I'm just talking about their discrepancy with Judy Joe, Susie May, whoever. Like, they're just wasting your time with nonsensical things. Make yourself off limits. Set boundaries. Modify your life. Ask God to show you out-of-the-box ways to save time and trouble. Uh, minimal effective dosage, in my opinion and experience. Do the uh, minimal things that have the maximum results. For instance, she says, when I don't have time for the dishes, I use paper plates. Like, I have, you go to Dollar Tree, Dollar General, whatever dollar store you have. You just go buy a pack of 25, 50, 100 plates. You go buy a pack of forks, spoons, knives, whatever the culture said if you need to. Uh, I, I think I said that wrong. Cutlery? Yeah, cutlery set. Culture. <laughs> I just, I see the, the word in my head. And just, whatever. <laughs> you, you buy the set. And then like last night, for example, we, we made pizza. And I'm like, I don't want to do dishes after the kids have been playing and like, you know, just they're ransacking the house. Like, I don't want to do dishes after all that. Here, let's break out the styrofoam plates, you know, and the the styrofoam cups. Let's do that. Save yourself some time. All right, lastly is pray and listen. If you can't, if you can see that your plan is not producing peace, go back to God and pray for peace in the now and for the wisdom to make changes that will benefit your life. The bottom line is to make peace a priority. And man, like, I know I talked about yesterday that peace and, what was the other thing? 
just are not a part of my life. That's she really is painting a great picture. <laughs> like she's really uh hitting home for me on a lot of things and I I'm just really thankful for this thing that she's this devotional that she's put out. So let God lead you every day into his perfect peace that passes all understanding. Alright, so let me end this here. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for your support. This is, I think, the longest podcast that I've done, 52 minutes and counting. Uh, I hope these things are beneficial to you. I hope, like, I'm not just wasting your time. I hope, like, you can get some of this, something from these words. I really do. And if it's wasting your time, let me know. If there's something you want me to add, let me know. Like, your feedback is really important to me. Because, like, this is not for me. It's not. It's like 100%. I could do without a podcast and I'd be okay. But I really feel like passing along my knowledge, my experiences, my trials, my temptations, my own tribulation. Like, I really feel like it's so important to pass along because I've been where you're at in a lot of these areas and I've overcome them, hence the podcast, I overcome them and like, do I struggle with them? Yeah, from time to time. Sure, absolutely. Are there areas that I need to work on more diligently? Of course. But I'm telling you like, you can take a hold salty seasoned uh war veteran and hopefully impart some some knowledge and some truth and give you some some tools and some tricks of the trade if you will to be overcomers i, I hope that's what this is all coming down to and let me just say this is not a waste of my time like this is a hundred percent an investment of my time because the more I talk, the more I communicate, um, I'm exposing some things in my life that sometimes I don't know that are there, just to be honest with you. Like, uh, one of the podcasts, I said something and I was like, oh, whoa, <laughs> being convicted right now. <laughs> like, I remember that and it's just, it's amazing, like, talking out loud, what'll, what'll do for you put things in perspective for you anyways uh that's all get to church tomorrow tomorrow sunday if you don't get a chance uh find something online oh i'm getting a heads up the maximum recording time for our segments is 60 minutes keep an eye on the clock sweet all right let me let you go get to church tomorrow uh thank you all love you all thanks for your support Talk to you next time.